save alive, to rescue. God cares about his people. God is in the business of rescuing souls. Revelation 21, 6 and 7 says, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to him. Come, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, thank you, church, for allowing the, the kids to be in here and uh, just to connect in this way. May you have a great service. Amen. Amen. You all can be seated. Man, what a beautiful morning. Thank you, Doug. It is just, I am just so blessed by our church. I really am. The gifts that you have, um, you know, of course, having the kids up here, moms and dads, you guys rock. <laughs> you absolutely rock. And yes, we got babies on the way. And uh, man, it's just such an exciting time uh, here at Abundant Life. Um, you know, another amazing, before I get to the message thing, another message thing, the, the message today, um, I, why, why are we so amazing? I'm not calling out people today necessarily, I'm calling out the call and the gifts in people uh, today. Allison, I want to thank you for being here. I don't want to go into detail, but she was in the emergency room in some severe pain this week. And uh, was supposed to lead the whole service, and, and we tried to, you know, let her off the hook. She says, I, I you know, I want to be there, especially for the kids. So Doug jumped in the second part. Allison, thank you. I mean, that's just, we, we give God all of who we are. Uh, late last night, I picked up Mike from the airport. Uh, he just had a funeral for his father on Friday. Church, thank you for praying. Uh, so just got back in from Florida. Man, we love you. We really do. So, um, Thank you, church, for, for just surrounding. You know, I send out these emails, one, so that you can know what's going on in the church, but also how you can pray for our church family. And, and I know that you do, and it makes a difference. Right, Mike? It, it makes a huge difference. So thank you for praying uh, for our church family when, when you do have those opportunities. Well, um, I'm excited about our new series that we're starting today, Hungry for God. Um, you know, as I was introducing this a little bit last week, here we are five minutes after 11. Um, where are you guys going to lunch today? I just want to know if we can go with you, basically. Who's, who's, who's going to the best place today? You know, there's something about this time of day where you start to get a little bit hungry. You're starting to feel the rumble going on, and you're your spirit is telling your flesh, okay, we've got a great message that's coming here. Just hold on a minute, stomach. You'll get some great Mexican food or Mr. Stowe Chinese food here in just a little bit or American food, whatever you prefer. And so you know that's coming just around the corner. Um, but we're translating that into the spiritual, being hungry for God. But I want you to think about that for a moment. When you've been so hungry, you could not wait for your next meal. And I want to ask you this question. When was the last time you were so hungry for God, you just could not wait to get into his presence to be satisfied and to be filled with the presence of God? We're going to talk today in our first um, installment, I guess you want to call it, of this series 
that there is a prerequisite to have a spiritual passion for God. In other words, to be so hungry for Him, we're going to find out what that requires because I have gone through times in my life, and I'm sure you've gone through times in your life, where you go through the work week, the weekend is busy, and you know, along the way, you'll you'll listen to the Christian radio station. You'll you you may might make it. Excuse me. You might make it. Something may come up for Sunday morning. Something comes up on Wednesday nights or other times that we gather. You may miss a few spiritual meals, and but you you get these little snacks along the way. But I'm talking about something that only only if if you're vegan, then don't worry about this. But something only a porterhouse steak. Could feel, you know, just protein or all that kind of stuff that's there. Something that just a full meal can only take care of. We're going to talk about that spiritual passion today and what it takes. Um, you'll notice in your bulletin just that paragraph that's there. I want to read this. It says, When we are passionately pursuing God and when we are seriously hungry for Him, we're going to face some painful challenges. Anybody facing any painful challenges right now? Life is just throwing you a few curveballs. God desires to grow and strengthen the faith of his followers, and the road to mature faith will not always be easy. That's why when it comes to a call for salvation, you know, we've all heard these, if you'll just accept Jesus, everything in life will be smooth from here on out. No, it won't. But you'll have God with you to help you through it. There will still be trials and all these things that happen. We can cower at the crisis we face and simply hope for the best, or we can face these challenges with purpose and seek to understand what God wants to teach us. Whenever I am facing a trial or a test or a difficulty in life, Stasha and I were just talking about that, uh, about that this week, just some things that we're going through. Man, I'm like, okay, Lord, this isn't fun, what we're encountering right now. But I want to learn, I want to grow and mature spiritually the best way that I can because I know that, one, you're not putting hardships on me. You're bringing me through this trial. And help, help this head up here, this hard head, to learn what you're wanting to teach me. We're touching on the core values. We have six core values here at Abundant Life. This year, each sermon series is touching on a core value. Uh, we've talked about prayer. Uh, this time, we're talking about um, uh, the core value. We equip all ages and generations. Isn't it great that we're starting this sermon today and we had all of our kids up here and youth up here? But we equip all ages and generations to attain godly character authentic faith, and servant-hearted leadership. Okay, so what we're going to zero in on this sermon is the whole authentic faith, talking about our character, godly character. We're going to hone in on this through these next few weeks that we're going to be going over this. The theme or the word for 2017 that we feel that the Lord has given us is to pursue. Church, we need to be people who pursue God with all that we have. For those of you who are married, I want you to think about to the time when you uh, saw that special someone, right? And you think way back to, man, you know, I, I just, I couldn't keep Stasha from knocking on my door. <laughs> See, I have the microphone today. So it's, it's my story the way I want it to be. No, but there was a pursuit that was happening. I was hoping that she would like me as more than just a friend. Her statement back then was, David, you will make a great husband for somebody else. 
just not my husband is what she would say. Well, we know how that worked out, right? So, it's all pursuing, pursuing God. I want to tell you a quick story. Um, it's spring cleaning time. Who does a good spring cleaning in here? You, wow, just a few people. Okay, you can all raise your hand. Yeah, spring cleaning, you go through. Here's what we used to do at Christmas as my kids were getting older. If they wanted toys for Christmas or if they were in the store and wanted a toy besides another time that was Christmas, we, we had this rule. Actually, Stasha came up with it, that if you get a new toy, you either have to donate or throw away. If it's broken, we throw it away. If it's good, we donate it. Two toys. Because they were getting older and they weren't playing with their toys anymore. And their rooms were, and parents, you can use that if you would like. That, that will help set, you shall know the truth and it will set you free, right? One toy, you get rid of two. Okay, that's fine. We can go home. Making room for the new is what we're looking at today. I want you to think about that for a moment. We're going to make room for the new and trying to get rid of the clutter that is within us. That's what this series is talking about. To get new toys or electronics, to, you had to get rid of two old things, and that was a prerequisite. Here's point number one. When we talk about a hunger for God, we are talking about a passion for Him. You know what I'm talking about this morning? I mean, just that passion for God. And especially in our culture, a passion for God is something that can be easily um, dismissed or easily forgotten. Why is that? Because we can fill our lives with so much stuff. Some people are shopaholics, no elbows flying in the room. Some people are shopaholics, and that's the way they fill up their tank. Um, some are, you know, Dr. Phil-aholics. You know, they, they, they listen to the doctor, and I'm not talking about Dr. Phil specifically, I'm just saying um, just these different ways of medicating themselves, their soul. Um, you know, there's medications that's out there, and, and I'm not against medicine at all. I know God has given us doctors, and God has given them wisdom to help us get through things, and we need that at times. Do not hear this message today and say, I'm going home and throwing away all my medicine, right? We're, we're not talking about that. I'm just talking about we have found a way in society as a whole, no matter the, you know, if I'm lacking financially, I just go out and get a loan. You know, all these different things that we are able to fill for a temporary basis that replaces God. We're talking about passionately pursuing God. And church, here's what I want to encourage you in today, that you passionately pursue God when times are good and when times are bad. When times are difficult, when times are easy, that we passionately pursue God. It's a prerequisite. In order for God to do a new thing in us, there are some old things that must go. I want us to turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. If you have your Bibles or if you have your pixels on your phone or tablet there, 2 Kings chapter 4. Uh, we're going to look in verse 1. We're gonna, this is going to be our main text today as we go through this. We're going to look at a lady who was facing a crisis and she needed God. And, and I will say this, it's often at the crisis points that we do find God. Now, I don't necessarily pray crisis on people, but I thank God for those moments because it does draw us to him. 
And in the meantime, we continue that pursuit of God so that hopefully we don't end up back in crisis. When I am pursuing my wife and loving her and doing things for her and occasionally, you know, doing the dishes, I need to do it more often. I'm only saying that because I did the dishes last night, so I can not feel guilty. Um, But pursuing her in that sense so that our relationship remains healthy. Man, I want the same for God. I want more of God. Not to, how many of you drive your car and you are, you wait till it gets down to empty before you fill it up? Let me see a hand. I, I do. How many of you, it gets to half a tank and you've got to fill it up? Or maybe three quarters of a tank? Yeah, absolutely. I'm one of those, let's see how far I can go before it starts sputtering and I can coast into the gas station. Our relationship with God should not be that way. By the way, can I tell you a quick story? There was a, uh, I'm going to get in trouble with this, Mr. Stowe. So I drive a Chevy truck and I saw a Ford Dually pickup on the side of the road this week. And he was flagging me down, and my Chevy 1500 pickup truck hooked up to his Ford Dually 35, 350, whatever it was, and I pulled him down the road and put him in a driveway. Man, I wish I'd have got a picture of that, Dean. (laughs) My Chevy pulled a 350. Anyway, a Ford. Okay, I'm going to start warring here. Anyway, no, it was uphill. Anyway... (laughs) We don't want to get to that place in life where we totally run out. And then we're scrambling for God. That's what this is about today. Let's look at this woman here. 2 Kings 4.1 One day a widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead and you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. Verse 2, what can I do to help you, Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. Let's look at this lady for a moment. She faced several types of pains, several different crises. One, she faced an emotional pain because she had just lost her husband. Now, I have not, obviously I'm still married to Stasha. I know that it's, I've, I've been around people. I haven't experienced it, but I'm sure it's painful to lose a spouse. God bless you if you have. She faced a financial pain. The only thing that she had in the house was a flask of oil. That was it. She was in desperate situations. Not only that, she faced a physical pain. Well, what's that physical pain? Well, they had to be hungry. To only have oil in the house, that was that physical pain that was there. She faced a maternal pain as well. Her parent or her parents, her kids were being put up for slavery to pay the bills. She faced a spiritual pain. How do we get that? She goes to the prophet. Now, they are part of this group here, so they're close to the Lord. And she said things like, my husband feared the Lord. Why did this happen? Have you ever asked the question, why do bad things happen to good people? That was a spiritual pain. My husband feared the Lord. How How could this happen? They needed a breakthrough, this family did. And you may be facing one or several of these pains yourself today with your spouse, with your children, finances, circumstances of life. And you've asked, God, I love you and I serve you. Why is life working out this way? And if you're not facing this right now, praise God. But I can, not a prophet of doom, I can promise you, you will face a crisis in your life. And you may even ask, God, why is this happening 
to me? Why am I still not healed? Why am I still, you know, Stasha's going back for another guide dog, by the way. June 5th, she leaves to go to New York for 19 days. So I'm coming to all y'all's house at one point for dinner, me and the boys. <laughs> Why is she still not healed? You know, we, we ask these questions. This woman cried out to the prophet. Her pain drove her to the prophet, to the Lord, because she was desperate and she was searching for a breakthrough. Her situation was bigger than any man could fix. Only God could fix it. So she began to pursue God. She was at this low point. God, I need you. I want to make this statement today. It will be up on the screen so you can uh, write this down too. You will never discover that God is all you need until he is all you have. Actually, I think we have something going on with the screen today. That's okay. Let me say it again. You will never discover that God is all you need until he is all you have. People will let you down. The church will let you down. Your job will let you down. God will never let you down. You may have questions and you may not understand, but I promise you, you will never discover that God is all you need until he is all you have. And I've heard your stories. I know you've been at the bottom. We just heard uh, this morning, little Ella Kate, mom and dad, didn't want to even be at church, you know, and cried out to God. And he was there. At this point of life, prayers are no longer silent and reserved. You begin to cry out to God. You're driving down the street. You know how I know this? Because I've been in the situation driving down the road. God, why is this happening? I mean, I really feel that I did everything right in this situation, but yet this is still happening. My prayers aren't this anymore. Lord, I just thank you for this day. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for your presence and just pray that you would be with me today. Bless me in Jesus' name. No, it's no longer those quiet prayers. It's prayers of, God, I need you. There may even be tears of, God, I need you in this moment. My prayer is that we're not just crying out to God during the moments of desperation, but we're crying out to him in the moments of joy and happiness. Lord, if it were not for you, I want to thank you for everything that you have done for me and my family. That that crying out, that hunger for God, my prayer is that it never stops in your life. My prayer is that it never stops in my life, that I'm always pursuing. Here's what Jesus said. You can write this down, Matthew 5, 6. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. For what? They shall be filled. Back up to verse 3, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There's a prerequisite that's there. There's an emptying of ourselves that must happen to be filled with all of God. Here's point number two. The amount of your emptiness will determine the amount of your filling. That's Tony Evans who said that. I, was, I have been listening to some of his teachings on this. And uh, I love Tony Evans. He's, he's a great uh, communicator. But the amount of your emptiness will determine the amount of your filling. Let me, let me look at this. You've seen this illustration before over here. I have a nice little display over here of a glass jar, and I have some rocks. But I want you to look at your life, okay? This clear glass jar here, this is your life. 
and uh, right now it's pretty empty. Um, but you think about filling your life with, you know, sometimes there's cares of the world that go into your life. Uh, oh, let's not break this. Um, there's uh, financial obligations that, that go into this. Uh, there's family situations that really, you know, kind of get to you. There's just the concerns over tomorrow that, that tend to happen. Um, there's the, Lord, why has all this happened in my past? And we're praying for God to fill us. And this is going to be, you've seen this, this is going to be the representation uh, of the Lord. And this is filled with water. And so you pray, Lord, fill me. And so you began to fill up the jar here, and God is wanting to fill you up. Melanie, I promise I will clean up your pretty table. There we go. Melody, sorry. There we go. That's clean. Um, you'll notice that life is full now, but there's still more of God that he wants to pour out in your life. But your life is filled with the cares of this world, and he's wanting to tell you, you've got to begin to empty your life out of all this stuff. All these cares, all these things that are taking the place of God, you've got to begin to, to empty these things out so that God can continue to fill you with all that he has. And there's a couple little cares in there. But see, God is able to fill you with the fullness of who he is. And God has so much more for us that he wants to just fill our lives with. But we fill ourselves up with cares and worries and concerns, and even good things. Dean labeled this a few, two, three years ago, noble distractions. Well, I'll do this. This is going to take my time from God. That's going to take my time from God. The amount of your emptiness will determine the amount of your filling, and God is calling us to be people who empty ourselves out before him. Why are we not seeing more of God's power? breakthroughs, presence, the dynamite power, because we're too full of other stuff. I'm speaking to myself today. I'm too full of other stuff. And God wants me to go and pray for Dean today, but I can't because I filled myself up with all this other stuff and I'm too busy. The prerequisite to spiritual passion is spiritual hunger. You've got to be hungry. How hungry are you? Think about championship teams, okay? Uh, the, I forgot who won the Super Bowl already this year because it wasn't important to me. Think about, we, we do know who won the NCAA men's championship, the Tar Heels. I'm just causing all kinds of division in here today. When you hear about sport teams who go after championships, what's the question that they ask? Are you hungry? How bad do you want it? Are you hungry? Are you going to go after it? And they do. The team that, that, that wins it all, they were hungry. They wanted to go after it. Church, we've got to be hungry for God. The prerequisite to spiritual passion is hunger. How bad do you want more of God? Let's keep going in 2 Kings 4. Verse 3 says, And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can from, one, from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons, shut the door behind you, pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside uh, whenever it is filled. So not only is this lady's cupboards empty, she's an empty lady. She's empty. The prophet tells her to increase her emptiness. Go get more empty jars. Seriously, 
I already don't have anything. Now you want me to get my neighbor's jars. They don't have anything in theirs either. You want me to increase my emptiness. God is saying, make more room for me. The possibility, let's look at it this way. The possibility of her filling was increasing. She was gaining a new perspective. We all have had or have or will have pain, debt, hurt. But the prophet told her to increase that emptiness. Was she going to believe the man of God? Here's what we know Hebrews tells us. It is impossible to please God without faith. And anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely or diligently seek him. Church, are you diligently seeking after the Lord? I want you to ask me, you know, when you see me, David, are you diligently seeking after God? Are we diligently, passionately pursuing the Lord? God may use odd methods to bring about your breakthrough. Don't look to logic. I know we have logical, I can tend to be a little too logical at times, and we all can. But don't look to logic when it comes to the ways of God during these times. His ways are not our ways, and his thoughts are not our thoughts. He may have you do something crazy. It may sound crazy. Go get more empty jars. What do you have? I just have this little flask of oil here. Go get more. Go get more empty jars here because God's going to fill it. God may require you to take on new emptiness in order to be filled. That doesn't sound fun. Number three, the question of faith is never a question of feelings. Number three, the question of faith is never a question of feelings. Yes, the feelings are real. Faith is always acting like God is telling the truth. I'm broke, but God's telling me to tithe. I'm hungry, but God's telling me to increase my emptiness. I'm right in this situation, but God's telling me to be the one to make the apology. It's an emptiness. Faith is always acting like God is telling the truth. Look at it this way for a moment. How many of you get out of bed when the alarm clock goes off, even if you don't feel like it? Like, let's pretend it's Monday morning, you have to go to work, the alarm clock goes off, like, seriously? But you get up, don't you? You have to get up. God's alarm call to faith is ringing, and it's requiring us to respond. Yes, you can hit snooze, but it's going to be a distraction. This lady was hungry. Her crisis was big. Her emptiness was getting deeper. When you get real hungry, you have the potential to not act like yourself. You've seen the Snickers commercials. Jonathan, you need a Snickers, brother, you know, whatever it is. If, if you're not acting like yourself, we have the term hangry. I was there yesterday. My boys were there yesterday. They were helping Mr. Stowe out here in the flower bed, and they were working, and they were getting hungry, and then we got in the truck, and they were starting to get hangry. You know what hangry is, right? That's when you're hungry, and you're so hungry, you're getting angry. That's, for those of you who haven't heard that term before, that's what that means, hangry. Beggars don't care about appropriateness because they are desperate. They're going to beg God. They're going to get to that point, Lord, I need more. Let's keep going here. Verse 5. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. 
I see how far I'm going here. Uh, Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on whatever is left over. Now, I don't want us to let the miracle breakthrough get lost here. She had one supply of jar. It said a flask. And she had brought, had her sons bring many jars into the house. She began to pour that oil into the jar. And then the next jar. And then the next jar. This is like Twilight Zone stuff. How does this happen? Oil after oil. It just continued. This is a miracle of God's provision that had happened. She had one supply jar, many empty jars. They were being filled. As long as there was emptiness, there was filling that was happening. We need to empty out all the junk that fills our lives, that takes the place of God. And we all have stuff in our lives that take the place of God. The amount of your emptiness determines the amount of your filling. How many of you want more of the presence of the Lord today? God, what do I have to empty? What are you requiring me to empty myself of? Finally, faith requires action. In verse 7, he told her to sell the oil and get out of debt, live on the rest. Here's another part of that breakthrough. It was exceedingly abundantly above her need. Not only did she sell the oil to pay off the debt, the prophet told her to live off the rest. So that means she made more money on that oil than was needed. Because God is a God who will come through. When we diligent seek first, Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. Often we find all these other things that we're looking for. And we're praying, God fill me with this. And he's saying, no, seek my righteousness and my kingdom. But you've got to empty yourself because we're going to the stuff first. We're looking at all the stuff. Lord, I need a healing. Lord, I need financial provision. And he's saying, seek me. Often we can seek the result before we seek the one who gives what we're looking for. You want a breakthrough? How hungry are you? If you're still trying other means of breakthrough other than God, you're not hungry enough. Snacks are a a cheap substitute for hunger. And too many of us believers are snacking on God. What does that look like? God doesn't say come nibble at the table. He says come feast at the table. Parents, you don't let your kids have snacks before dinner. Why? Because they won't eat all of their dinner. But we snack on God. Lord, I, I just I need you to meet this need. Thank you. Lord, I, I need, and God's gracious. <laughs> Lord, I need you to meet this need. Lord, if I'm going to just, you know, uh, go to church on Sunday and hope that gets me through the rest of the week. Um, I'm going to listen to Christian music on the way. And all these are good things. But it's snacks that's just getting us through. And he says, come and feast on me. Come get on your knees before me. Come and worship me. Um, seek me before you seek the stuff. Whether it be relationships, whether it be finances, career advancement. Throw yourself desperately at him. Here's something that I've learned 
over the years, Lord help me, about diet pills. I think I only tried them once, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> a long time ago. Diet pills only suppress hunger. You're still hungry, you just don't know it. Christians often don't feel hungry for God because we suppress that hunger for snacks instead of for God. Our spiritual stomach should be growling for God. Lord, we just want more of you. God, I want more of you in my life. I need you in this situation, in that situation. I need you to come in and consume all of my life. Lord, that nothing would take precedent over you. Lord, that I wouldn't make a decision before, before first coming to you. Lord, that my feet would not hit the floor in the morning before I at least say, good morning, God, I love you. Fill me with your presence today. Why do we pray for our food before we eat? It's just that moment of thanking God, acknowledging him. That's why, that's why we pray before every meal, just to take that moment to stop and to reflect. Sermons like today can simply be a snack, but you must be passionate in your pursuit of being filled. Here's what I want us to do today, church. We've got some time left. Miss Vicky's going to be playing some music here in the background, and I want, man, I want you to cry out to God today, and I realize we're in a public setting, and, you know, we have a little bit of dignity, and sometimes we need to get rid of our dignity when it comes to pursuing God. But I'm not going to ask you to, you know, wail and cry and weep and all those type of things, but you may need to. And we're going to take about five or ten minutes of just music playing in the background. And we open up these altars fairly often. Um, I would love to see everybody down here today. Somehow, I don't know if we can all get down here, but maybe you turn around at your seat and you begin to cry out to God, Lord, I just want more of you and God I've been trying to fill it with this that and the other and it's not working and I need to be like the widow I need to increase my emptiness because right now seems things seem to be okay but God I've replaced it with other stuff other than you can we just take a moment and I want you to move somehow even if you stand up and sit back down I want us all just to take a moment to move come on down to the altars and let's pray for more of God in our lives today and I'll bring us back in about five minutes or so.
Father, today I repent. God, of seeking things before I seek you, for allowing other things in life to, to fill me instead of your presence, God. I ask your forgiveness for that, Lord. And God, I make a step to empty myself. We make steps to empty ourselves, Lord, of things that take our time, our resources, our energies, things that we place above you, Lord. And we ask your forgiveness, God, because we recognize that those things have become idols. Lord, we want to be filled with your fullness. God, we want to be filled with your peace and your presence in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the goodness, in the middle of life. Lord, we want to be filled with you. Father, I don't want to be sad, pacified and be satisfied with being pacified through life. God, I want to see the miraculous in my life because you have called us, Lord, to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You have called us to be a church that blesses other people. Lord, I thank you that we're able to do that. But we want more, Lord, more of you, God, so that the name of Jesus is lifted high and that the name of Jesus is glorified. Lord, we move ourselves out of the way. We empty ourselves to be filled with more of Jesus. We desire you, Lord. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you, Lord. I will be satisfied. I will be filled in a dry and a weary land. God, we cry out to you today. Fill us, Lord. Lord, as we go throughout this week, we would be reminded to say, fill me, Lord, with your presence. In Jesus' name. Can we stand? And I just uh, can't let go of the service today until we do what we do every Sunday. If your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I want to give an opportunity for maybe you've never began a relationship with the Lord before uh, you've heard getting saved or receiving Jesus as your personal Savior. I want to give you an opportunity for that today. And, and how I normally do that is I want to know who I'm praying for. Uh, so I just ask that you quickly slip up your hand so I can see who I'm praying for. You say, I want to receive Jesus today. That he, he would fill my life. Anybody at all? Just quickly slip up your hand. Anybody? Amen. We're believers in this house today. And here's what I say every week. Go tell somebody about Jesus this week. Lead someone to Jesus this week. It will change their life. <laughs> Think about how it's changed yours. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to ask Mr. Stowe uh, if he would come on up and, and pray us out of here. Stasha and I want to be able to get to the back door and, and love on you as you leave today. Um, seems like there was something else I had to tell you, but I think that's all. But if, if you need any prayer requests today, Miss Vicki's going to be coming down uh, to stand with her husband here in just a moment. Uh, but allow them to pray for you uh, if you need that today. Amen. Mr. Stowe, will you pray for us?